This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Your Bible, our ushers would put the Word of God in your hand. Once you get your Bible, go to Isaiah 57. Isaiah chapter 57, we're still, believe it or not, on our series, The Fear of the Lord. Looks just a little bit different. As you're turning to Isaiah 57... Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3, he said, there's a, there's a time or a season for everything. There's this cycle of life, and he gives these 28 different cycles, and they're all very accurate. And one of the first ones says there's a time to be born and a time to die. And so it's something that we'll all face at some time in our life. But the big thing about it is, it's not if I'm gonna die, but where will I spend eternity at? So we begin Isaiah 57, verse one. The righteous perishes, or better yet, right living people, they die. But no one or no man takes it to heart. No one even gives it a thought. Merciful men, devout men, the message says, God-fearing men, they're taken away. While no one considers or notices that the righteous is taken away from evil. He's taken away from misery. He's taken away from calamity. And notice he says, the righteous are. Well, how do I become righteous? I gotta give my heart to Jesus. And according to 2 Corinthians 5, I become the righteousness of God in Christ. So in this right here, there's hope. There's incredible hope for us. He goes on to say in verse two, he, the righteous man, shall enter into peace even in death. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. They lived well and they lived with dignity. And then he shifts a little bit here in verse three. But come here, you sons of the sorcerers, you offspring of the adulterer and the harlot, Whom do you ridicule or taunt against? Whom do you make a wide mouth, you sneer at and you stick out your tongue? Are you not children of transgression or children that rebel? Offspring of the falsehood. And so he's saying here, have you any idea what you've turned out to be? And the thing about this thing called life is We don't get to choose when we die. But we do get to choose where we spend eternity at. And it's interesting there, he says, of whom? Of whom? Skip on down with me to verse 11 and let's look at another of whom. And he said, of whom? Have you been afraid or feared? The Amplified says, who has kept you in dread? And remember last week, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a snare. And so it's interesting here that he says, of whom have you been afraid or feared? That you have lied? You have not remembered me, nor taken it to heart. Who talked you into this nonsense that you forgot God? This is what this is talking about. Is it not because I have held my peace from of old? 
that, that God has gotten quiet. And because God quiet, they have the thought that they've taken advantage of God's long suffering. I don't know about you, I'm grateful to God's long suffering, but we have the thought because God is long suffering, we can live however we want. But that's not he's ta- what he's talking about. And he ends this and he says, that you do not fear me. You do not fear me. And so that's the result, that I didn't live with a godly fear. So God has always been attracted to people that are loyal and obedient. And when I say loyal, I believe loyal is tied to the fear of God. But he said in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Now think about that. Right now, Father God's eyes are going to and fro across the earth. And he's looking to the loyal. He's looking to the ones that say, I'm, I'm all in. I fear you, Father God, more than I fear man. Now, turn with me to the second book of the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And turn with me to Exodus chapter 18. And so you may say, why are we going into Exodus? Well, last week we took a man of God named Daniel. This week we take a man of God named Moses. Now remember, Moses is the one that God raised up to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses had seen that the Israelites were in bondage to the Egyptians for over 400 years. So he begins to warn, Moses does, a a king named the Pharaoh. And he gives him 10 different warnings that actually were plagues. And the Pharaoh never would heed them. And ultimately, Moses, he leads the Israelites out of Egypt. And he watches the Red Sea split. This is the same Moses who saw God feed him with manna and quail, and he gave him water. And so over and over and over in Moses' life, he had seen God move. Now I want to highlight something with you. He had seen God move with the Israelites, who were God's chosen people. But just because I'm God's chosen people doesn't mean I'm exempt from fearing him and living for him. Chapter 18. Verse 19, listen now to my voice. Now this voice happened to be Moses' father-in-law, a guy named uh, Jethro. He said, listen to my voice and I will give you counsel. I will give you advice. Now just for a second, you got to ask this self to your question. I mean, you got to ask yourself this question. Who do you allow to give you advice? Who do you allow to give you counsel? The godly or the ungodly? And so he said, I'm going to give you some advice. And the advice I give you, God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes 
and the laws. So the first thing that he tells Moses is he said, you got to teach the people. You got to teach God's chosen the word of God. You got to teach them the word of God. And show them the way in which they must walk. Now, if you notice, he said they must walk. It wasn't, you know what, hit or miss. They must walk. So he said, number one, you got to teach them. And two, you got to show them. So it's just not what we're taught, but the ultimate goal is what we caught. I got to catch the heart of God. So he goes on and says the last thing. The work they must do. Teach them, show them, and the work they must do. Verse 21, moreover, you shall select from all the people. So now he's telling them, this is some stipulations that God gives who you are to select. Now, if you'll notice something in there, he said, all the people, all the people. He didn't say the best looking. He didn't say the smartest. He didn't say the one with the most titles. He didn't mention color of skin. He didn't mention who your parents was. He didn't mention what side of the tracks you were born on. He said all the people. You know, we serve a God who's an equal opportunity God. Now listen to the stipulations. Able men. Competent men. It's the first thing he says. But then the next thing he says, such as fear God. I want men and women that will genuinely fear me more than they'll fear people. Now, I don't know if you're a business owner. I don't know if you're a manager of business. I don't know what your occupations are, everybody in here. But if you are someone that has the ability to hire people, is this one of my stipulations? I'm, I'm going to hire God-fearing. Have you ever had that thought? I, I need to hire some God-fearing folk. Maybe we ought to get back to that. Because the God-fearing folk, those are ones they'll do what they're supposed to regardless who's around. So he says, God-fearing, Look at the next stipulation. Men of truth, men of integrity, men of honesty, men of character who hate covetousness. They can't be bought. They can't be bribed. So Jethro gives him these stipulations. And he begins to tell him, this is what you're going to have to do. So I read all this and I'm reading chapter after chapter after chapter, and I can't do that here. Relax, I'm not going to do that. But in chapter 19 and verse 24, I found a little nugget that I had to hang on to. Now listen to what it says, Exodus 19 verse 24. Then the Lord said to him, Away get down and then come up, you and Aaron with you. Now I skipped a little bit there. 
Actually, if you would read uh, chapter 19, verses 3 through 6, you'll see some incredible thoughts in there. But in verse 24, he makes the comment. Now pay close attention again to the comment. Then the Lord said to him, Away, get down, then come up, you and Aaron with you. So what happened is over and over, Moses would go to the top of Mount Sinai. And when it says he went up, that literally meant that he had a desire to get into God's presence. That phrase, he went up, is found over 800 times in the Old Testament. He went up. He went up. So now, Father God tells him, you go back down and you get Aaron and you come back up with him. So when I read verse 24, let me ask you a question. This is pretty clear what he told him to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's real clear. Now you got to hang on to that thought, okay? Because it's going to come back into play. But right after he does this, he gets into Exodus chapter 20 is where we get the Ten Commandments. Right after that. The very first thing that God says is, don't ever forget what I've done for you. Don't ever forget. Then he jumps in and he says, have no other gods before me. Do not make for yourself any carved images or idols that you will bow down nor serve them. Now it's almost like he's saying, you got to get this right here. So I highlight this. Because what begins to happen with mankind, me and you, that if the devil can't get us off track with the people we run with, then he'll try to get us off track with the things of this world. People and things. Turn to chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Verse number one. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. Moses didn't come on their timetable. And notice it says the people. They got a little impatient. The people gathered together around Aaron. Now wait just a minute. Didn't God tell Moses, go get Aaron and both of you come back up? He did. But yet, Moses is up with Father God, but Aaron's not. It said the people gathered together to Aaron. So what's going on with Aaron? You know what I think is going on with Aaron? Is he desired more to be in the presence of people than he did the presence of God. He had more of a heart for the things of the world than he did for God. He feared man more than he feared God. Uh Uh-oh. Would that describe me? Would that define me? So they gathered themselves around Aaron. And they said to him, come make us gods that shall go before us. In other words, Aaron, do 
something. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. So you see again, he's more comfortable around people than he is God. So with Aaron, he has this thought. If I defy them, they'll kill me. So we rewind to a week ago in Matthew chapter 10. The Lord Jesus said in verse 26, he said, don't fear them. Remember, he said, don't fear them. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a snare, it's a trap. He said, don't fear them. But then in Matthew 10, 28, he said, don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear him who can not only kill the body, but kill the soul. So when I begin to look at all this here, I begin to think, so what does Aaron do in this situation? Let me ask you something. What would you do? What would I do? Would I bow to peer pressure? Would I, I, I bow to the large crowds, to the large numbers? Verse two. So Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. And just a little side note on this. They'd been held in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. So where'd they get all that gold? Remember where they got it. God told them, before you leave Egypt, Go to all the Egyptians and tell them, give us the gold. That's all the Exodus 11 is where that at. So think about this right now. God blessed them. God, God had blessed them incredibly. And if you'll notice, everybody had gold. All of them. Verse 3, so all the people broke off the golden earrings, which in their ears, and they brought them to good old Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and he made a molded calf. He did the unthinkable. Maybe a OMG moment. Now, if you haven't studied the scripture, Aaron is Moses' brother, okay? He's been around the things of God his whole life. But remember, he didn't go up with Moses. He chose the people. And so he goes a little further here in verse 4, and he said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. God cannot work in us when we elevate anything or anyone above him. Verse 5, so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. So you know what he does? He compounds the sin. And every time I read this, I think, 
Why wouldn't at least a golden lion but a calf? So here's this calf, and he builds this altar around it. And then look what he says. And he made a proclamation saying, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Tomorrow we're going to party. We're going to celebrate to the Lord God. So Aaron right here shows me he was intimidated by the people. He feared people more than he feared God. Now when you read the first five verses right there with He immediately breaks the very first commandment. God said, have no other idols before me. Do not bow to them to serve them. And what does he do? He does everything that God tells him not to do. And I believe it revealed a lack of fear of the Lord. Now I want you to think about this just for a second. Can you imagine what Father God thought when he saw this? Listen, this wasn't the Egyptians. This was the Israelites. This was his chosen. There's no loyalty in this. There's no fear of God. So God is so upset that he won't even call them his people. He tells Moses, they're your people. And he said, they're a bunch of stiff-necked folk. You know what stiff-necked is? They are hard-hearted. So you know what Moses does? He begins to pray. He begins to ask God for mercy. And because of his prayers, God relented. I'm in here praying this morning. The Lord just real clear said, your prayer life is really weak. You know why I think he's saying that? It's because we need to plead the blood and we need to speak repentance over people. It's the only thing that will change them. James 5, 16, James said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now let me walk you through something that I just said. He didn't say the effectual prayer of any ding-dong. He didn't say the prayer of anybody will, will avail much. He specifically said the prayer of a righteous man. The only way I become righteous is I get born again and I live for him. And a righteous man is a man that says, I blew it. I do not want to sin, Father God. And so because of this man's prayers, God relented. Let me ask you something right now. Where you're at? How's your prayer life? Is it non-existent? Does it need to be elevated? That's what the Lord said. He said, your prayer life needs to be elevated. You know what I did when I heard him say that? I repented. I didn't mope around and say, not fair, God, not fair. See, too many times we view, we view prayer as a punishment. It's a, it's a privilege. And this may not, not be too appealing to some of you, 
But there's people in your bloodline, your prayers are directly going to affect them. Can't say amen, say oh me. So I'm reading through all this. And we pick up in verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, now you got to stop right there. Who's, who's with Moses at this time? This young man named Joshua. This same young man named Joshua who would ultimately take Moses' place. And so Aaron was invited to go into the presence of the Lord, but he chose not to. But this young man named Joshua, who was a servant of Moses and a student of God, he said, I'll go. I, I want to get as close to the presence of God as I can. But does that define me? Does that define you? Because when I get into the presence of God, everything in my life starts being revealed. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And so we, we read about great men and women of the Bible. But the reason they were great is they had a heart to say, I got to get in the presence of God. I got to worship God. I, I got to get to the feet of Jesus. So they come off the hill and they're at the foot of, of Mount Sinai. And they heard the noise and there was a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it's not the noise of or the shout of the victory nor the noise of the cry of defeat. But the sound of singing I hear. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. Moses being in the presence of God. He comes off the mountain and he looks and he's thinking, what the crud is that? It's a golden calf. They're dancing, they're partying around a golden calf. So Moses' anger became hot. The anger of sin is a sign of spiritual vitality. But whatever we do within the church, let's dare not mention sin. But the Bible does. And so when you think about this here, he wasn't mad at, at the people. He was mad at what the people were doing. Does sin make you mad? It should And so he sees the sin. So he became hot and he cast the tablet out of his hands and he broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, and he ground it to the powder and he scattered it on the water and he made the children of Israel drink it. That'll be a great rewind in heaven. There's a million plus of them. He said, you're going to drink it. Verse 21, now it really gets interesting here. And Moses said to Aaron, his brother, what did this people do to you that you have brought a great sin 
upon them. How did you get involved in such a great sin? Why did you bow to them? Now again, immediately here we see, what did the people do to you? He was more concerned about what the people thought than God thought. Does that define me? Do I fear people more than I fear God? Verse 22. So Aaron said, do not let the anchor of the, my Lord become hot. And I wonder if Moses thought it's too late for that, pal. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gods that you shall go before us. As for the Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we know not what's become of him. And I said to him, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. And I'm wondering if Moses was looking at his brother and thinking, you're not even a good liar anymore. So Aaron's assessment of the people was correct. Their hearts were set on evil. But what you see about the Israelites, remember this is who we're talking about. We're not talking about the world. We're talking about the Israelites. They wanted the blessings of God, but they didn't want God. Moses led them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. And I wonder how many profession Christians say, I want the blessing of God, I just don't want to obey God. So here's the problem. Verse 25. Now when Moses saw the people were unrestrained, they ran wild. For Aaron had not restrained them, he let them run wild to their shame among their enemies. They feared man more than they feared God. And so do I offend God in order not to offend man? Am I more concerned about the applause of man right now, the accolades of man, than I am pleasing God? Uh-oh. See, it's a question that every one of us have to ask. Am I more concerned about being popular on this earth or am I more concerned being popular in heaven? Now watch what goes on here. Verse 26. Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and he said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. The days of straddling the fence, they're over. And you're going to make a stand today, right now. And, and not only are you going to make a stand, you're going to make a stand before everybody in here. And this takes us back to Matthew 10. The Lord Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. But if you deny me, that's not just a Sunday morning thing. That's every day of my life. 
So he said, who's ever on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. Only the priests, the Levites, said, we're all in. Now we stop right there. What would you do? Would you acknowledge Jesus or would you deny him? They said, we're going to acknowledge him. We're not moved by peer pressure. See, I think about this. Do I bow to family members? Do I bow to people at work? To avoid conflict? Do I stand up and say, you know what, I believe in Jesus. Now watch what takes place here because it gets really interesting. Verse 27. And he said to the Levites, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother, every man kill his companion, and every man kill his neighbor. Uh-oh. Now, I'm not advocating we kill anybody. But with us right now, you know what that means? Those ones that will not live for the Lord, get them out of your life. Rewind, rewind, rewind. We're talking about the Israelites. We're talking about God's chosen. We're not talking about people of the world. And the Lord Jesus warns that the closer to the second coming of man, you're going to have people that are going to stab you in their back. They're going to turn on you. There's going to be things that are going to happen that isn't going to be great. Kill them all. Verse 28. So the sons of Levi, they did according to the word of Moses. And about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. We'll remain loyal to Yahweh. We'll let him reveal or be revealed. He's first place in my life. And I think about this. This isn't easy. This is, this is not fun to read. But do I fear God or do I fear people? And some of us, we take advice from family members that don't even know how to spell Jesus. We, we bow to the peer pressure. I sing, I raise a hallelujah on Sunday, and then I raise a little hell on Monday. He really didn't say that, he did. See, I, I become influenced by whom I'm around. When I'm around the saints, I talk in Christianese. 
But when I'm around the world, I act just like them. Ooh, pastor, quit. No, we're not going to quit. Verse 29. Then Moses said, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. There's got to be a separation. I'm going to be purified. I'm going to set myself apart. That doesn't mean I don't love my family. That doesn't mean I don't love my... But again, who's first place in your life? I'm either an acknowledger or I'm a denier. Now, watch what happens when we say, I consecrate myself to you today, Lord. I'm all in. That he may bestow on you a blessing this day. Does anybody in here need a blessing? Man, I welcome blessings. See, you know what it shows? It reveals God's heart. He wants to bless us. But he doesn't want a little piece of your heart. He wants your heart. He wants a, He said, I, I want to bless. If you'll just live for me, I just want to bless you. But look at the last part of this verse. For every man has opposed his son and his brother. I'm not better than you. I just fear God more than I fear you. He opposed. Is there people in your life that you need to oppose? Again, I'm not saying that I'm better than you. I'm not. I'm just a sinner just like you. I'm broken just like you. But I want to live for God. Verse 33. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Kind of mind-boggling. He said to Moses, even the Israelites, my chosen, that have not have sinned, but they've never repented of it, I've blotted them out of my book. In order to be blotted out of a book, I had to one time be in the book. I know that busts some theology just saying that. I didn't write it. Only God can forgive sin when we repent. And only God can save when we do it his way. That's just some pretty heavy stuff, it is. I bucked all morning with God. I was like, oh, Lord. I had people say, Pastor, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. I said, Lord, let's give, them, let's give them carrot cake instead of asparagus. But let me ask you right now, who do you fear? You fear God or you fear man? Are you more concerned about the plot of man or the plot of heaven? 
Can I tell you how this looks right now? This is the world we live in. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 7, two verses, verses 13 and 14. He said, there's two roads. There's a narrow road and there's a wide road. This narrow road is difficult, but this wide road is easy. This narrow road has just a few on it. This wide road has many on it. And this is what's going on right now, that we get narrower and narrower and narrower. And so let me ask you this morning, what road are you on? Am I acknowledger or am I a denier? Do I stand up for the, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. This is eye-opening, isn't it? You see why the fear of God is so big. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is a deterrent to sin. You know, and I said this earlier, man, we got we're in the church. We don't want to mention the word sin, but it's interesting the Bible mentions it. Sin is sin. I'm not going to make excuses for sin. Sin is sin in my life and your life. So I'm going to ask you to stand up right there where you're at today. Just a little God thought here for you off of Matthew 10. The Lord Jesus said the day's coming when everything in your life and my life will be exposed, will be open. Everything. The way I act, the way I talk, my attitudes, even the times that I denied him, I acknowledge. Do you know even the way you vote is going to show up one day? Ow. Everything I do. Does it point to Jesus or does it point to the world? Why don't you bow your head with me right now? The fear of the Lord. Ooh, Father God, we welcome your presence in here right now. The Lord Jesus, you said there in John 16 that the Holy Spirit was the convictor not to beat us up but to get us to a place of repentance and I don't know about you I, woo, I have repented I have repented and I have repented and so is there things in your life that Moses talked about do I need to repent of today that you I, I, I welcome you to come down to these altars right now and say you know what I'm going to be a man and woman that repents I'm going to be a man and woman that I, I need Jesus today I need Jesus in my life I, I need the presence are, are you a man and woman that says I, I need more of the presence of God in my life are you a man and woman that says I, I need my acknowledging of God to be elevated today 
because I'm not God, okay? You're not responding to me. You're responding to him. Man, when I begin to look at this, the fear of God came on my heart in a good way. I desire to be in the presence of God. And so right here where you're at, man, it's just talking to God. Father God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've blown it. I'm sorry, Father God, that I, I've allowed men to influence me more than you. I'm sorry, Father God, that I've gotten off track. And so you tell God that right now. Father God, of, of a bad attitude. Father God, we're sorry of our actions. We're sorry, Father God, for being judgmental and critical. We're sorry, Father God, for disappointing. I'm sorry, Father God, that I haven't given you first place. And Lord, right now, we ask that you would download within every one of us. Elevate within us. fear of God and if you desire to tell him Father God I welcome I welcome a fresh touch of the fear of God let me open this back up one more time here I'm just going to repeat what the Lord said You'll consecrate your life to me right now. That's what he said. Say, I, I set my, my life apart from you, Father God. He said he would bestow a blessing upon you. I don't know if you're in here today and you need a blessing. Anybody in here for blessings? I'm for blessing. I love the word blessing. You know what the word bless means? Happy, fortunate, to be envied. <laughs> He said that when we consecrate, he said, I want to bless you. So if you're, if you're in need of some form of a blessing, whether that's salvation, whether that's healing, whether that's setting free, Father God, I come for you today, Lord. I consecrate my life. Lord, I ask that you bestow a blessing on my children, that they'll serve you all. He said he would bestow a blessing, so guess what? We're crazy if we don't welcome that. If you don't want it, say, Pastor, or say, Lord, give all that to Pastor. He'll take it all. I'll take it all. So you know what? As we begin to sing, man, I welcome you to come down here. Whether, again, that's just to call on the name of the Lord, whether that's to say, we're some God-fearing folk. We're like the Levites. We're in, Father God. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.